Hey everyone, how you going? I'm Punchy. Hey everyone online, great to have you with us. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm one of the ministers here, and it's my privilege to preach tonight. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll begin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks so much for church. Thanks we can be here. Thank you for giving us your word. Thanks that through your word we can know you. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who came and... Uh, revealed yourself to us through him. And Father, thanks for these words that he spoke. And we, we just pray now that your Holy Spirit would be at work in, in this place, in each of us. Father, would you please speak through me? Father, would you please speak into our hearts? We long to hear your voice. We long to know you better. And we long to live more as your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how good is it to get an invite, right? Dinner, drinks, a weekend away, wedding, doesn't really matter what it is, or even if you actually can or want to go, it's just nice to be invited, isn't it? It's nice to know that you've been thought of, that someone wanted you to be there, because we've all had that moment, haven't we? Scrolling through Facebook, catching up on Instagram, seeing a bunch of people you know, friends, family, hanging out and you're not there. It's happened to all of us, we've all had that moment. Hey, what about me? Why wasn't I invited? Tonight we join a dinner party, and at this dinner party, Jesus tells a story about a dinner party. But this story is actually about heaven, and it's about who will end up in heaven. It's a compelling story but it's got a sharp edge because what Jesus is actually saying is that many who expected to get in, who thought they would be there, will miss out. They'll have that moment. Hey, what about me? Why wasn't I invited? It's not been an easy week, has it? As a church family, we lost a brother, a friend, a husband, a father... And we feel the shock of that, the confronting reality of a life ended, and the profound sense of loss and sadness. And we want to find a way to express our love and support for one another, and especially Greg's family in a time like this. We want to say something that will bring comfort, but we search in vain often, don't we? I've wondered whether this was the best passage for tonight. Uh, It offers us something of that comfort. It's definitely there. But it also brings that sharp edge. I wondered whether Greg would want me to find another passage. But in the conversations I had with him, the way he and his family have been committed to this church, his job, his uh, family, his friends, he wanted people to know Jesus. And he wanted people to put their trust in Jesus. And he wanted people to look forward with confidence to an eternity with Jesus. And this is what this passage is all about. And so we're going to stick with it. And I'm hopeful that God will speak to us tonight in a special way as we hear these words from Jesus, this incredible invitation and the promise that's behind it. So we begin in verse 15 says, when one of those at the table 
with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Have you ever wondered what heaven might be like? As a kid, I used to picture clouds and light and angels playing harps. Almost played violin. Maybe they'll play violins too. But now, I kind of like to picture the beach, warm weather, perfect waves, surprise, surprise. But maybe for you, maybe you like to picture an all-you-can-eat buffet with unlimited sizzler cheesy bread. How good's that news? The recipe's out there. It's online. If you didn't know, get amongst it. Now, an all-you-can-eat buffet, it's not actually too far from the truth because one way the Bible talks about heaven is to describe it as a feast, a massive banquet prepared by God. Imagine that, right? No cooking, no cleaning, food tasting beyond description because you are eating food prepared by God. Forget Gordon Ramsay, Jamie Oliver, forget Moon Sushi Menai. I want to eat food prepared by God. And so when this man says, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God, what he's really saying is, I think I'm blessed. I think I'm going to be at that feast in heaven. I think I'm going to heaven. And in a way, he's just like us, isn't he? Because most Aussies, even today, regardless of our religious background, our upbringing, our lifestyle... Most of us want to believe that we too will be at that feast. Even if we realise we somehow have to make things right between us and God, almost every single one of us would like to think that we will end up in heaven. None of us ever really want to imagine ending up in that other place. We don't even like to say its name, hell. No, somehow we will all end up in heaven. Or will we? Because Jesus tells this man and us a story of what it really will be like to get into heaven. And it begins in verse 16. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who'd been invited, come, for everything is now ready. So the story begins and there's a rich man And he's throwing a banquet, and he sends out invitations telling people to come. And he does this in two stages. The first invitation goes out saying, hey, I'm having a party. You're invited. Let me know if you can come. Because in Jesus' day, there's no fridges, right? You can't just stock up the freezer to deal with all the young adults who don't reply and just rock up when they've got no better offers. (laughs) I'm not bitter at all. No, in Jesus' day, you had to RSVP, and you should today as well. (laughs) So those first invitations go out, and everyone says, yep, yep, sounds great, I'm coming. And then once everything's prepared, the second invitation goes out to say, come, everything's now ready. And what Jesus is saying is this, God is that rich man, and he sent out invitations through the prophets, priests, and kings of old, He sent out invitations promising a kingdom and a feast. He's preparing heaven. He's getting it ready. And then at just the right time, God sends his servant, his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to declare the time has now come. Everything's ready. The kingdom has come near. 
repent and believe the good news. One of my favourite things at a wedding is getting to hear a bit about the couple and their story. And whenever I get to do a wedding talk, I always ask, who chased who? Because it's usually a great story. And for me, listening on the other side of that, well, the more awkward, the more embarrassing, the more unusual their story is, the better. Right? And who cares now? Like, they're getting married anyway. doesn't matter. But often it becomes awkward because somebody always has to make the first move, right? Because anyway, a relationship always has to have someone making the first move to begin. Well, Jesus is saying here that God is that one who makes the first moves to start a relationship with us, right? He gets the banquet ready. He sends out invitations telling people to come. Come, I will be your God and you can be my people. Come, I'll prepare a seat for you at my table and you can come and enjoy my generosity, my friendship, my hospitality forever. Come, I'll prepare a room for you in my house and you can be my son, my daughter. Heaven can be your home. Jesus is saying God is the one who makes the first moves to start a relationship with us. But what happens next? Well, they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. So the invitations go out, but everyone bails. And these are just excuses because what farmer buys a field without first seeing it? Or five yoke of oxen and without trying them out? And the newlyweds, well, even if it's the honeymoon, they're not travelling anywhere back then. It's just one night out. Why wouldn't you go? Dinner, drinks, no cooking, no cleaning. You'd go and you'd have a great night out, right? And besides all of that, these people all said yes. They'd RSVs. RSVP'd, yes, I'm coming. The servant has just returned to say, hey, everything's ready, come. No, these are just excuses. Everyone finds an excuse, a polite way of saying, no, no, I don't want to come. And what Jesus is saying is this, God invites us into this relationship with him, but somehow we all find a way to say no to God. No, God, I'm not coming, not on your terms. In our day, what are some of the ways people say no to God? We might hear some say no to God in a dismissive, intellectual way, arguing that Christianity is out of touch, archaic, unscientific, irrelevant. Others might say no in an angry, bitter way. Perhaps they've been hurt by the church or another Christian, can't stand how intolerant, narrow-minded or hypocritical Christians can be. Still others might say no in a broken, wounded way. Things have happened. They're hurting and blaming God. But like the people in the story, I think most of us find a polite way to say no to God. So that's what we're like. We don't like to cause a fuss, make a scene offend anyone, 
See if you can recognise some of these polite ways of saying no to God. I believe all religions, spiritualities are equally true and valid, just different ways to the same God. Or how about this one? Yeah, I believe in God. I'm a Christian, but I've just got so much going on right now. Kids, work, bills, I have plans, I have dreams, I've got things I want to do, and then I'll get to God. Well, how about this one? I'm a good person. I respect the authorities, I pay my taxes, and, well, I'm not as bad as some people I know. Surely I'll get into heaven. Well, how about this one? I grew up in a Christian home. I go to church. I'm on the parish council. I deserve my place at the table. But here's the thing. Right? It's not about good or bad. It's not about upbringing. It's not even about going to church. The man in our passage makes the assumption, based on my Jewish ethnicity, my upbringing, my position of privilege, my law-keeping, I'm going to heaven. It's my inheritance. It's my birthright. It's my reward for all my hard work. I deserve a seat at that table. But Jesus is saying no. No, God is asking you to come to him on his terms. So what are his terms? Well, let's find out what happens next. Verse 21, the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered the servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. So the story ends with the rich man sending out invitations and this time they go out everywhere and to everyone across national, ethnic and racial boundaries and across social, economic and religious boundaries. But in the end, some still say no and miss out. Whilst others who say yes, they get the banquet. And what Jesus is saying is that God, this invitation from God extends beyond man-made borders and boundaries so that this great feast at the end of all things will be full. Nothing will go to waste. Every seat will be filled, but many who expected to be there will miss out. Whilst many who would have been considered unwelcome, unexpected, will be brought in. Now, why is that? Well, according to Jesus, it's as simple as this. Those who say yes to God's invitation will get the feast. But those who say no will miss out. You know, when you're young, life's simple, and then the older you get, the more complicated life gets. But when I was young, there was one area of my life where I thought it was really complicated, and it was this. What do I have to do to get into heaven? You know, I used to play in my mind. I believed in God. I wanted to go to heaven, but it just seemed so complicated. 
How can I know? How can I be sure? What do I have to do to secure my spot? Is it that I have to go to church, read my Bible, pray, be good, don't sin? But what if I sin? Am I stuffed? Am I out? Is there no way back in for me? You know, when I was young, it just seemed so complicated. But now I'm older, I realise it's simple. In fact, it's as simple as saying yes to an invitation. The man's original statement was this, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. He makes the assumption, based on my my Jewish heritage, my law-keeping, my upbringing, I will be there. But according to Jesus, who is it that will actually be there at this great feast in heaven? It's everyone who accepts God's invitation. It's as simple as that. It's got nothing to do with being good enough. It's got nothing to do with your upbringing. It's got nothing to do with your religious background or even how religious you are. It's all about what God has done for you. Every other religion, every other faith system, it's all about what you must do. Christianity is all about what he has done. He's preparing a great feast. He's sent out invitations. He's come. He's died in your place. He's paid for your sin. He's risen again. He's made a way for you to come in and be with him forever. He's done it all. And now he simply invites you to come. You are invited And all you have to do is say yes. Put your trust in Jesus, what he has done for you, and come. Just as you are, come. You don't need to fix yourself up. You don't have to get your life together. Just come. God's generosity, his friendship, this feast, you are invited to come and enjoy God and his goodness forever and it's completely free. But it came at a great cost, the death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so God will not have it treated cheaply. In the story, the rich man gets angry when people reject his invitation. And when you understand that great cost, that invitation extended to us, into that place, you understand God's anger in our rejection. You cannot invite yourself, you cannot come on your own terms, but you can refuse, you can say no. And if you say no, you will miss out. You will miss out on that feast, you will miss out on heaven. And in the end, you will face eternity in that other place. Separated from the life and goodness of God forever. But then you wonder, well, how could God do that? Isn't God supposed to be good and loving? How could a good and loving God send people to hell? That is the big question here, isn't it? And the answer is this. In the end, God gives us what we want. See, if in this life we continually say no to God, no, God, I'm too busy for you. 
No, God, I don't want you. No, God, I don't need you. Then there will be a day when God's patience and our time finally runs out. And God will say, okay, you don't want me, you don't get me. And as much as it pains him, as much as it grieves him, as much as he longs to fill that party, as much as he has done everything to make a way for us to come in, even up to giving his only son, well, in the end, he'll give us what we want. But it doesn't have to end that way, right? In his mercy, in his grace, in his love, God has done everything to make a way. There is an empty seat at the table for you. It's as simple as accepting an invitation, saying yes to God by trusting in Jesus Christ. Have you said yes? Have you said yes? We have this incredible promise, this glorious future that awaits us, this wonderful hope to hold on to. There will be a great feast. There will be a massive celebration beyond our wildest imagination. We cannot fathom it. And it is all because of what Jesus has done. Even though we make excuses, even though we turn our back on him. Well, he didn't turn his back on us. In fact, he chose to leave the glory and perfection of that place to come to us. To then die in our place to save us and invite us in and bring us home. Have you said yes? Have you put your trust in him? Or are you still making excuses? You know, this year we've been reminded just how broken this world really is. And this week, we've been reminded just how fragile life really is. And yet we have this sure and certain hope. We look forward to a place and a life where there will be no more sickness, no more suffering, no more sadness, no more death. Only joy and peace and life forevermore. And all God asks is that we accept his invitation by accepting his son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Saviour. Have you said yes? Our great comfort this week is resting in the knowledge that Greg had said yes. He's there now. Will you be? If you haven't yet accepted God's invitation, I'm going to give you that opportunity now. And all it takes is a simple prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray with me a simple prayer of sorry, thank you, and please. Sorry, God, for saying no to you. Thank you for sending Jesus. Please forgive me. And that's it. If you want to accept God's invitation, we want to do that now. Please join me in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for saying no to you. No, I don't need you, I don't want you, I'm going my own way. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die in my place for my sin, to bring me back into a relationship with you. 
Please forgive me for my sin and help me to live each day from now until I come into that feast, trusting in Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. Well, if you pray with me, or if you have questions about what I just shared, or if you just want to chat, please come and see me after the service. I'm always the last to leave. Happy to chat to anyone. What are you going to sing now? Yeah, cool. I'll hand it over to the band.